This is a production of the AJ Podcast Network. What is going on, everybody? I can relate to that podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's yeah. going on, Bax? What's, What's going, going on? on? I, I hear you popping in already. Linktree.com yeah, forward slash AJ and Bax is our website. Bax, you're already on. What's going on with you? Nothing much, man. Did I cut you off, bro? I was just excited, you know. I know you're excited. Excited. Let's go ahead and get that intro in right, bro. Oh, uh, we will. We will. We'll get that intro. You know what? We're just gonna, we're just gonna plow right through it. All yeah. right. I got to get my dose. Amory, what is happening? Oh, jeez. Oh, you say it so loud, your microphone cuts right out. But I, I'm sure, I, I know what our listeners understand. I hope they all love us. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Yeah, you got to get your daughter to like take a really close look at your microphone, why it's crackling and all that good stuff. So I can hear you now. I really want to get a really nice sparkly one. So I want to pizzazz my microphone. So I'm thinking about upgrading my microphone. Okay. Yeah, you're still a little crackling, but we'll we'll plow through it. So Okay. All right. So I'm just yeah, gonna. You got to stop saying plow through, bro. I don't like that. You don't like that plow through. What, what do you no, think? I don't it's, like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it matters when you're saying plow through. To be quite honest with you, there's yeah, a time yeah. and place for that. Okay. Well, <laughs> fine. Here we go. There, there's some plowing going on right now. <laughs> yeah, you fucking <laughs> Yo, AJ Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god plowing through yes <laughs> we are plowing through it we're gonna plow through the show today smoothly <laughs> all right i'm gonna let y'all plow i'm just gonna fall back while y'all plow <laughs> or snow plow up in syracuse new york 12 feet of snow <laughs> yeah that's a fact yeah, exactly mm-hmm. oh all right god, dying all right i just cut the music off amory let's just cut to the chase last week's show Last week's show. What did we tease about last week? Oh, my God. I took my daughter to Split Rock Resort mm-hmm. for five days for a competition for a gymnastics. And I could not believe what was going on in that resort. First of all, that resort should be shut down. Mm. It had no hot water for five days. I kept on calling over and over again. They would not put the manager on the phone. That was unbelievable. I kept on calling downstairs. They kept on telling me. First, they were lying and saying um, that. First, they said the hot water heater broke, said that they were going to send somebody to fix it. Uh, So we were taking cold showers for five days. And I have to tell you, I now have realized that, Bax, remember when you and me and AJ talked about living in the woods? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, if it's cold water in that water, um, I am going to be nasty for however long that we're out there for, because you cannot take a cold shower and be nice. Like it's just not possible. You, everything tenses inside you. You get nasty. Even like, first of all, I could not even stand Chris for five days. So I am now in this hotel resort for five days with him taking cold showers they, they had no sanitizer. There was no sanitizer anywhere in this resort. We are in COVID. There is no sanitizer anywhere. They had like um, the ping pong, you know, tables or whatever. You would go upstairs, 
you did have to sign in for it. They would give you the ping pong paddles. And then when you returned it, they just took the ping pong paddles and put them right back on the shelf. No sanitizing at all. Mm. So then we went into, um, at this resort, there's an indoor pool. The only reason why I paid to go into the pool area, I said to them, do you have a jacuzzi? They said, oh, yes, we have a jacuzzi. I said, okay, the jacuzzi's working. They said, yes. I said, perfect. So I paid the money to go in there. I swear to you, I dipped my feet in. I'm so excited. I got my bikini on. Uh-uh. Chris and Emily are ready to go down the big slide. I, I, I think I screamed uh, bloody murder that everybody in that whole entire resort just turned around and looked at me. It was ice cold water, like ice cold. I was like, Ooh. Chris turns around, Emily turns around. I was like, this is free. I think I might have cursed a, a little bit. <clears throat> I'm like, this is freezing. So I, I went back. I talked to the lady. She said, oh, the hot water heater, it doesn't work. I said, well, like, did it work five minutes ago when I asked you if the jacuzzi was working? She said, oh, they should have never told you that. So I said, all right, well, I'm going to buy you know, bracelets for the next couple of days. Is the, is the hot water going to work here for the, in the next? Oh no, the hot water is not going to work here in the next couple of days. It's been broke for months. Okay. Well, that <laughs> might've been something that you wanted to tell people. So now I'm starting to get upset, right? Okay. So now it was, I think it was the third day we're in the pool area and there are two separate couples having intercourse in front of 30 children in the pool. Oh, boy. That's crazy. There are no lifeguards. No lifeguards in an in-ground pool in this resort. Pool. So Chris had to go into, in, in the pool area and tell them, all he said was, is, I hope you're not doing what it looks like you're doing. And the, and the woman turned, like, as she was straddling him and said, uh-uh, no, we're not. And he goes, because if you are, I would get out of the pool now. And they both got out of the pool. All four of them actually got out of the pool. Wait, was there an orgy going on? I know. I mean, they were like next to each other, but not like together. <laughs> they were doing their but own like, plowing or making their own hot were, water? They were plowing. That's the perfect word. They were plowing. So now <laughs> I'm back on the phone with the resort screaming about this. Like they knew about this. I'm screaming. I'm yelling. It's the last day. Okay. All of this has happened, right? Last day. Oh, besides, I forgot to tell you about there was uh, little friends across the hallway. That was the cockroaches. So Chris says, but it's not in our apartment. But I told you, I said, you're right. I said, because once they park themselves, they don't move over. You know, they, they only pick one apartment and they don't come over to our apartment. They only go into one apartment. So now there's cockroaches. Cockroach there's, 101. Yeah, well, they only wanted that, that apartment over there. 101. <laughs> I just yeah, learned something yeah. new. They, I go, this is a country pumpkin over here. I go, he don't know about the city life. I go, I go, he thinks, you know, he thinks a possum is a rat. I mean, come on. So I said, so meanwhile, now I'm calling about every single thing. Like she knows everything and will not get the manager on the phone. Okay. So now we're leaving. This is Chris's fault. Why this happened. Why the SWAT team was called on me. So, yep. You heard it correctly. You heard it live. Swat so, team. So yeah, I'm oh sitting. Yeah. We're we on. Play games. We're on oh yeah. Zoom right here, and we have video going. And Amory just saw my face, like what? <laughs> the SWAT oh team. yeah. Oh yeah. So Chris, okay, all we had to do was take the keys and put them in 
the, the, the bucket next to our room, right? And we could have left. Oh, no. Oh, no. Chris says, I'm sure you want to say goodbye, right? And I said, you betcha I want to say goodbye. Now, I, I did it because I knew I was already heated. So this is such a true story. So now we now the resort, uh, uh, like the apartment place, is not by the check-in. You have to drive like five minutes to get to the, the check-in or check-out. So now we drive up. I get out of the car, and he's outside, right, with Emily. And all I'm inside. I have no idea what's happening outside. I'm just inside. I'm not even yelling at this point because now I'm just aggravated. And I'm just telling her, listen, I know you're a soldier. I said, I understand that the manager's in the back and she won't come out because she's afraid. I said, and I'm just really talking to her just like I'm like, like I'm talking to you right now. And I'm saying, you know, I go, you have people having sex in a pool in front of children. I said, it's illegal not to have a lifeguard here. I said, in a pool. I said, you have no hot water. I said, and what you're doing is, is that you're taking money from people and you're hoping they're not crazy like me. That is going to come down and yell and scream, right? And I, and then meanwhile, what's happening outside is that what I don't know is that there's police officers flying up the driveway. And Chris turns to Emily and says, I think that's for mommy. And Emily says, nah, that can't be for mommy. And Chris goes, yeah, yeah, that's for mommy. And she goes, I think we should go inside because mommy might have flipped a table or might have her on the floor beating the shit out of her because he knows how crazy I am. So <laughs> the police officer goes in and and they and, and now Chris and Emily are following and there's more cops coming up, right, the driveway. And I, I have no idea still. I have no idea what's happening, right? And there's three securities behind me. I still have no idea what's going on because I'm, like, focusing on what I'm doing. I happen to turn around and there's a police officer and three securities. And the police, and the three securities, like they're big shots. They got their tases and they got their guns, right? And they're, like, with their hands crossed and their mad faces on. They got bitch face on, right? So I turn around and I go, are you a police officer? He goes, yes. I go, are you a police officer for the township or are you a police officer for this place? He goes, no, I'm a police officer for the town. I said, perfect. I want a police report now. He goes, no problem. He whips out his pad and as that's happening, a customer comes flying in and goes, this place is a piece of shit. I never stay here ever again. And throws his keys at the lady at the counter and storms out. And I go, you see how heated he is? I dealt with that for five days. And so now I start telling the police officer what has happened here for five days with the sex in the pool, that um, about, you know, the cockroaches, about, oh, about that. There was a, uh, 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 they're called, there's some kind of wet rat or something. I forgot what they're called, but ran across the pool area. Um, I forgot what they're called. They're called, uh, they're like the, the rats that live in the sewers. I forgot what those are called or whatever. And uh, uh, I, about the cockroaches, I told him uh, about no hot water for five days. And meanwhile, securities are, they're not even denying any of it. Like they're not saying she's lying, nothing. As customers are coming in, I'm screaming, don't stay here. This place is a piece of shit. They got no hot water. And the security guards go, you shut your mouth, right? And I go, now, I don't know if I can curse on here, but I'll just tone it as best as I can. I was like, F you, F you, da 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 right? And a cop, usually a cop in Suffolk County would say, listen, you stand here and you stand there. 
he actually backed up and let me scream at them because he knew at that point that I was right and they were wrong. And like, and when he heard about that sex in the pool, he basically didn't care anything else that was going on except that there was sex going on in a pool with children. That's all he cared about. So he didn't care about anything else. So now he goes, you know, if you want to go outside, if you don't feel, I go, I feel fine. I go, I, I don't feel comfortable. So oh, I forgot to tell you. So now he's going, he's, he's clicking his, um, walkie talkie uh, shoulder. Yeah. And he's going, stand down, stand down. And he's, you know, I'm, and he's right there. And he go, he's like, hold on a second. He's like, stand down, stand down. And, and he keeps on doing it. And I'm like, is there a problem? He goes, Oh yeah, there's 20 cops coming up the driveway for you. And I was like, Whoa, whoa. I go, what do you mean? He goes, yeah. He goes, there's a, uh, a tower, uh, down at the township. There was a big fire and all the towers had burned and they couldn't get, a, he couldn't get a hold of the guys, I guess, to tell them that I'm not crazy and we don't have to tase me. And so he literally said, hold on and ran outside down the driveway to tell them to turn around. I never saw this before. This is Pennsylvania cops, but this is how it goes. And so now Chris is Chris is inside going, holy cow. Like, I can't believe this is happening. And I'm like, I'm laughing. I think this is so funny. So now the cop goes, can I have your license? Now, this is funny. Chris doesn't have his license on him. So now Chris says to the cop, uh, you don't need me. I need to get Emily some breakfast. He goes, uh, uh, can I get Emily breakfast? And the cop's like, yeah, don't worry about it. He goes, so so I had my license on me, whatever. So I give the cop my license or whatever. And I give everything. And so now we're leaving. And I said, I said, you know, to the cop, like, uh, listen, I'm chargebacking. Like, you know, I'm definitely chargebacking when I get back. So right. the cop was like, uh, I said, so I need that police report. He's like, yeah, no problem. Just call me tomorrow, whatever. He's like, I'll get you the police report. I said, okay, no problem. So I, and I actually have that police report. So if you guys need this for verification, I have no problem. He actually wrote every single thing in there. <laughs> and I said, and write that she, the manager wouldn't show her face. So he goes, you want me to write that? I go, yeah, say, would not show her face. And he actually wrote in the report, manager would not show her face. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh, man. Wow. So, we, so now we're leaving. And I said, all right, Chris, let's go. And he goes, what are you talking about? I go, let's go. Like, we can leave. So we're leaving. And he goes, I'm not driving. I go, what do you mean? He goes, I don't have my license on me. He goes, and I don't know if they're making you leave. And then they're going to pull you over on the, uh, you know, down the block. So I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I get in the car. I drive, right? And every time me and Emily saw a helicopter, remember in uh, Goodfellas when he kept on seeing the helicopters? Um, so I was like, so I said, I go, oh, Emily, they're coming for me. The helicopters are coming for me, you know? And we'd be like on, on uh, 287 or whatever or, or you know, on Route 6, and I'm going, oh, the helicopters are coming for Mommy, you know? <laughs> so it was so funny. But I winded up chargebacking as soon as I got back. I winded up Oh, to the credit card company? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I called Better Business Bureau. I called the health department. I called uh, the, the, the town on them. I called um, – who else did I call? Um – uh oh my god i called uh, uh oh the fire marshals because um you're supposed to have a certain amount of uh fire extinguishers oh i called the um the state because that's the liquor license and they were serving underage kids uh alcohol there uh oh i, went, I oh yeah because this is what i do for a living i mean i know about inspections and i bartended since i was an 18 year old kid yeah. so i was like and i told them i said listen i said 
do the right thing. I go and give me like some kind of partial credit right now, whatever. I said, and we'll call it a day. I said, but if you don't, I said, I'm going to destroy you. I said, because you never know who somebody knows. I said, you don't even know what I do for a living. You never asked me what I do for a living. I said, so I go, why don't you just do the right thing? Have the manager come out who does the credits. Cause you said that she's the only one that could credit me right now. Have her come out, just do some sort of partial credit. I said, I'll walk away happy. You'll walk away happy. And that's the end of the story. Instead, I went on Yelp, I went on Google, and every week, somehow I think they're able to get it off Google, it goes right back on. So, I mean, I'll destroy them until, God knows, until I get bored. Say the name again. Split Rock Resort, don't ever go to it. And if you look at their reviews, everybody, you'll see, even from 2019, they didn't have hot water. I wish I would have looked, but what happened was, is... Their uh, Emily's, uh, you know, gymnastics team winded up. Uh, we were supposed to go to Jersey Shore. That's what we do every year. We go to Jersey Shore, but because of COVID and the restrictions, we already had booked Jersey Shore and had to cancel it. And I guess last minute they had booked Split Rock Resort, and that's why I winded up being there. So that's what wound up happening. And, but I have to tell you that the, uh, uh, police officer, um, and I, I have to get that, uh, uh, police report because it has the name. Oh, I, you know what? I think I actually have it because I think I had to send an email to them, but they were very, very nice. I actually called the next day and, uh, cause this happened over Memorial day weekend. And I spoke to the chief over there and just said that, you know, the police officer was very respectful, handled the situation uh, with, I mean, just real good, you know, respect, uh, not, not just respect, but gracefully, because Emily was standing there. I mean, she's 11 years old. So she sees all these cops coming. And she really <laughs> honestly thought her mother was getting teased because the, uh, I, I didn't realize, but do you know uh, the tase uh, on their chest? It mm-hmm. looks like a, a, a gun. I thought it was a gun. Yeah, the taser that does look like a gun. taser looks like a gun. Okay, so right now I am on TripAdvisor, okay? Mm-hmm. I typed in split. Yeah, I'm looking right now too. That's crazy. Yeah, okay. So are you on TripAdvisor, Bax? No, I'm on Google. Oh, you're on Google. Okay, I'm on TripAdvisor. That was the first thing that came up. And... There is reviews. It's not a lot of reviews, but it's enough, okay? So, excellent. Zero. Very good. One review. Average, six. Poor, five. Terrible, 29. Okay? We're not going to, you know, we're on a time frame here, so let me uh, read this one here. The very first one, uh, it's by... According to TripAdvisor, it's Jay Goldie, G-O-L-D-I-E, wrote a review in June of 2021, and I have not read this yet, so it gave him a one star. Scam Rock Resort should be the name. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it says here, Scam Rock Resort. Okay, so this, according to TripAdvisor, it says here, go check for yourself, folks. It says here, we are here for three days on a week-long vacation. This had been a family resort with activities all day long. It used to be fun. Now, there's basically no activities, and you are charged a daily fee for no activities. I was told the activity today was a crossword puzzle. Jeez. Check-in took us... It says here, took 11... It's probably meant half hour. 
Check-in took a, a half hour. Again, I'm reading this without any uh, verbatim here. Uh, every owner checking in, including us, was extremely upset about the extortion slash activity fee charged to the bedroom. They call it bedroom? After we paid our increased maintenance fee. I told them that my disabled son will be in one bedroom and will not be doing any activities, but was told to new owners didn't care anyone that was charged. There was no supplies in our four rooms except for our small roll of toilet paper for the past week. Nothing else. We called the That's front really desk nice. with our cell phones because none of the phones worked in. Dot. Oh, we'll read more. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let me give you, I'm going to give you a little excerpt of mine. Okay. That yeah. one sounds like the dunk. So this one was was literally three days ago. After previously rating this place five stars and staying on vacation here, I must say this resort has become so run down. A once great resort is now going down the tubes. New owners don't seem to care about their customers and everything uh, is a cash grab. Uh, it says bathroom ceilings are moldy. The front desk was absolutely horrible. Uh, we checked out uh, in a... Uh, we checked out in the earlier and they said they, they will call us <laughs> to the room, but the room wasn't le- ready till later. Uh, I, I didn't want to put a, I didn't want to put us next to my sister-in-law after they offered to put us next to each other and had to fight with them every step of the way. While I was there, there was a lady going crazy after the cops came <laughs> and I couldn't blame her. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Hold on, be- uh, Amory. Something's wrong with your microphone. Just to let our listeners know. So just bear with Amory. You got so loud, and you got extremely disordered. You have to save that. That's me. And where is this, I'm Bax? Man. Where is this? I, I, just, I, I just added that little part. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Like, oh my God, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was you. <laughs> All right, Bax, give the credit to wherever that came from. Where who? Uh, where did you get that from? from? It came from a, a Google. So it was a Google a review. Okay. Nayako Cocorado, whatever the name is. Oh, man. That, that's, that's a shame. Funny. That's a shame. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so, my God. that's. Uh, I told you guys. I mean, this is... <laughs> No joke. Yeah, that place is crazy, man. Yeah. No joke. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. By the way, the the manager that would not come and speak with me, her name is Miriam. She refused. I had called her over and over again. I had left message for her. She was hiding in the back and would not come and speak with me. Wow. Would not come and speak with me. (laughs) That's just unbelievable. So- Bottom line, what is, did you end up getting your credit back? Did you still in dispute with your credit card company or what? what? No, yeah, so right now, yeah. So it's, it's basically, it's, uh, I put, I submitted everything. I had to wait for that. Oh, so I, what happened was is once I, I called the police office uh, station the next day and they said, Oh, are you still here? I'm like, no, I left. And they're like, Oh, now you have to just write us a letter that you wanted. So I had to write the letter and they did mail it to me. So once I got it back, which took about, two weeks once they you know gave it to me then i submitted it to my credit card company so right now it's in the middle of being disputed okay and how much was that weekend they said like i had that police report i should be good as gold so so what was the uh, charge final charges for the weekend for that hotel oh it was like five uh almost six hundred dollars okay so hopefully you get that money back jeez oh and the police uh uh what the uh, police station is called is kidder township kidder Hmm. township okay yeah and they were honestly, 
amazing. And I give a shout out to them because that could have went horribly wrong. Yes. Very horribly wrong. All right. I, I, I want to mention something else. We were talking be off the air before the show started. So did you say a, a friend of yours, uh, was it a relative or a, fr- a family member that got an animal or something like that like recently? Oh, yes, yes. So my niece yeah. got a uh, baby kitten from, um, oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm like, now I'm having a little brain fart here. Hold on a second here. Oh, uh, the Humane Society. So she got a little kitty from the Humane Society. Um, and, you know, me being in the industry for so many years, uh, not uh, doing adoptions, but me being in the pet industry, uh, she had called me because the cat was really, really sick. So uh, it had a cold, it had a runny nose, and um, she was asking about medications and stuff. And uh, so, and of course, one of the biggest things that we always have to worry about is FIP, um, which is uh, basically a coronavirus for cats. Uh, so oh. I had said to her, well, I'm sure I says that if you go back there that they'll, you know, give you the medication or they pay for your medication. Um, and she said, no, they don't pay for the medication. And I said, well, what do you mean? And she said, um, I said, well, what about the contract that you signed? And she said, oh, I don't sign a contract. I said, Rissy, what are you talking about? And she said, uh, I said, well, New York State, I said, or even counties, because it basically goes by counties too. I said, we have to give you, you know, uh, you have the right to return exchange or, you know, treat the animal up to the purchase price. And you have to go to the vet within 14 business days. Um, and so she said, no, she said, and last time, uh, when she adopted the first cat, they actually gave her medication with the cat while it was sick. And I said, well, I said, no, I said, no way. And she said, yeah, she said, I said, well, what was the medication? She said, well, I don't know. I said, what, what do you mean? You know, you don't have the bottle anymore. She said, no, they never gave me a bottle. They just gave me like a little Ziploc bag. It actually looked like drugs in the bag, like a little druggy bag. She said, huh. and um, she said it had like pills in it. And I said, what are you talking about? I said, well, what if a child ate the pills and you had to call 911 and they asked you, what did your child eat? Um, and you wouldn't know what it was. And she's like, oh my God, I never even thought of that. Wow. I'm like, I go, that's illegal. So, and they, so they, they, yeah. now this was from the Humane Society, you said, and they, so basically you have certain laws that you have to follow. And then it seems Correct. like from what I gather, what you're telling me. So the humane society has a different beat to their drum or something like that. Is that what I'm so saying? What I'm a, yeah. So, okay. So pet stores are regulated. So okay. we're regulated by USDA. Uh, we're regulated by agriculture. Um, and, uh, and we're also regulated by, uh, SPCA, um, and some are regulated by ASPCA. Um, so, but what I don't understand is, uh, adoption organizations aren't regulated by anybody. And that does never made any sense to me. How Hmm. are you not regulated by anybody? How do you not get inspected? You know, everybody has to be inspected. So breeders have to be inspected okay. uh, inspected every year also. They are also regulated and they have to be USDA, uh, uh, have a USDA license. So what I'm not understanding is why aren't they regulated? So I winded up calling 
uh, a friend of mine who I know for many years, uh, Bobby Arnold, um, and asked him if he can just enlighten me on how these laws work um, because I didn't understand how they can, A, give her medication without having a prescription on a bottle and just having it in a little baggie. And the other thing that was surprising to me is that they told her, um, okay, so I'm, you're taking this kitten, but I'm just letting you know that it's going to get sick in a week. I said, I said, wait, they told you it was going to get sick in a week. She said, yeah, they just told me that it was going to get sick in a week. Now I have to tell you, our laws don't work like that. So if I have an animal and listen, animals get sick. I mean, they right. sometimes get upper respiratories. Right. Uh, we do deworm them. If they are unfit for sale, they cannot be sold until they're fit for sale. And I also have to let you know any treatment that that animal has had. And I say animal, it could be puppy, kitten, rabbit, whatever it is. So um, what I don't understand is, is how they're able to do that. It doesn't make any sense. Like, so if you know that that kitten is going to get sick, you must have some, you know, inkling that something's going on with it. Why wouldn't you isolate that animal for a week until you release it hmm. or pre-treat it? Right. Right. Now, is so, it because, you know, they're profiting off of, uh, you know, of healthy animals and they don't want to be regulated to sell the animals because, they, you know, they sell them for a large amount of money for a dog or a cat, whatever, versus the Humane Society, they, they do adoptions? Is that... So that's where really Bobby's going to really be able to answer more of our questions because okay. that part of it is more newer is newer to me. Okay. You know, I can answer, you know, questions about my industry. All right. Um, you know, so I've been doing this we'll for a very we'll long get time. Bob, so this is Bobby on the yeah, line. It's a little bit now. Yeah. Bobby Arnold. Okay. Name. All right, Amber. I will connect them through Skype and see what we, what Bobby has to say. Bobby, how are you? Fine, thank you. Hey, welcome to I Can Relate to That Podcast. I guess you know Amory for quite some time, and we were just talking about uh, the animals and the Humane Society, uh, the adoption, and all that good stuff. So uh, she, you could be our little expert on the show here. Okay. All right. Well, I'm a past animal control officer and a director of the West Vincent Animal Control and Humane Society for 10 years. So I have a, a great deal of knowledge uh, uh, on the laws and uh, what you can and cannot do as a, uh, as a rescue or humane society. So, so what questions do you have Bobby, for me? When, sure. when they, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off. When they, uh, when they do adoptions, would one of the things that uh, Rissy had said is that they had said to her, the cat is well, the kitten is going to get sick uh, in a week. Would that be something that they would say? Well, unless, they're med unless they are a veterinarian, a veterinary practitioner, they can't do a diagnosis on an animal or to predict as a medical professional. And the laws of New York and of most states are, are very strict about that. Uh, many states allow you to do things with your own pet that you own. 
However, if it's somebody else's pet, if it's the neighbor's pet or, or anything like that, uh, they're not allowed to even give opinions on what is or is not wrong with the animal medically. Wow. And, the okay. and the same goes for medication. Uh, you can, if you have an attending, if the, if the humane society or animal rescue uh, or even a kennel has an attending veterinarian, and an attending veterinarian is a veterinarian who oversees and, and endorses and advises every aspect of how those animals are to be cared for in that facility. Um, <clears throat> they can administer the medications that are prescription medications, like antibiotics, uh, to the dogs in their care with the direction and oversight of that attending licensed veterinarian. However, they cannot hand out medication, especially, uh, and, and there's good reason for it. Uh, the medication has to be properly labeled under state law on, on what it is, what type of medication, what milligramage the medication is, uh, on how many times a day the dosages are to be administered to the animal, and it has to be signed off with the veterinarian's uh, clinic and phone number. And one of the most important reasons for this law that has gone in place uh, through every state in the United States is that if a child would happen to take that, metal, that medication, you have to be able to tell poison control or the hospital or the emergency room what medication that child just took to know how to properly treat for that medication. And sometimes medication that you give to dogs may be toxic to humans. So that's, you know, that's like uh, chlorophenicol is toxic to human beings, but they, Absolutely. it is allowed for, for dogs and for cats mm -hmm. uh, in the treatment of upper respiratories. Uh, but that if a, a child could never take that, and you can't uh, that's even touch why that medication without even wearing gloves on it, on you. That's well, correct, and and so mm -hmm. anything that the uh, for if if any humane society or rescue group is just handing out medication, just pills, mm -hmm. without saying where they are, without the prescription for that, um, you know that's against the law in almost every state in the United States. Now, tell me, how does the Mean Society make their money? I mean, how do they pay their people? How, how does that work? Well, years ago, when, when, I, when I was with the, uh, with the Humane Society, that I was the director in animal control, most humane societies and rescues or shelters had really a, what we called a shoestring, nickel and dime budget. You're, you barely made enough money for the month's bills. Uh, today, there, it's a whole different situation. Anybody can now request, if it's a 501c3, they have to report to IRS and publicly report on a, on a 990 form, which is available to the public to see. And one of the, uh, what many people don't understand is like HSUS gets about a quarter of a billion dollars, $250 million approximately every year in donations. And a very small percentage of that actually goes for the to shelters in your local area. 
Um, the the it's ironic, especially in the state of Florida or New York, that most of the humane societies have multi-million dollar budgets because the the counties are giving them the money, states are giving money, and almost every humane society now has a full-time grant writer who writes, uh, who applies for grants to different type of uh, uh, philanthropy organizations who, who hand the money out. And so it's a it's a multi-million dollar business. And and now, um, who regulates the Humane Society? Like, we're regulated by USDA, we're regulated by agriculture. Who regulates the Humane Society and all, um, you know, animal shelters and, and pounds and all of them? Who regulates them? Well, there's there's three different there's three different levels of government. There's a federal government, there's a state government. And then there's a local government, and that local government could be either a township or a city government. And so just like a pet store or kennel could be inspected with unannounced inspections by all three levels of government. Um, most, Most humane societies today, most of them in New York, are importing their dogs from outside of the state. And... They, because if, if a humane society would just do only local dogs that are within their jurisdiction in that city or the town, they would only have a few. They wouldn't have that many dogs at all. But then um, wouldn't but they, that be bringing in a lot of diseases? Well, the CDC just announced that they are banning uh, importing of dogs. There's over 1.5 million puppies come over the Mexican border every year. And CDC has just released a, a outright ban from 113 different countries. And the CDC is a center for disease control for humans. And the reason is that rabies and brucellosis, which are communicable diseases for human beings that we can get from dogs, um, that there were so many cases coming in that they they made an outright ban. And even if you're taking your own dog, you're traveling from the U.S. to one of these 113 countries, you're not allowed to bring your own dog back into the U.S. Wow. And so that that has dramatically cut down on the number of puppies. You know, there's only about 10,000 breeders nationwide that have USDA license. That is, that is not nearly enough breeders to supply the demand of dogs, which is about 10 million dogs a year. And uh, so you don't have enough dogs being bred. And that's why there's a shortage of puppies. Mm-hmm. There's not a shortage of adult pit bulls or adult pit bull mixes, but there is a shortage of cute and small breeds of dogs. So and, if there's uh, a shortage of puppies, what do you think about that law that they've passed in the five boroughs where you have to spade and neuter the dogs at eight weeks old? Well, most of the veterinary medical associations oppose that. And uh, the reason that they opposed it doing it su- such a young age is that putting a young puppy at eight weeks of age is like doing a, a hysterectomy 
on a young girl when she's just a year of age? You know, would you would you do a radical hysterectomy on a baby girl who's one year old? Of course not. Right. But there, that's the same thing of doing it to a puppy who's eight weeks of age. And there is uh, about a, a seven to 15 percent loss, a death rate because of anesthesia. And that that's a that's a very major operation. And so and who you was, do. Who have, was the governor? I think it was a governor, right? Who passed that law? I can't remember who passed that law. Well, you have that law in this in, was a city law that was based sure. out of New York City, and sure. that was the mayor at that time. Oh, the mayor, right? Which mayor passed right. that? I can't remember. Um, I'm not sure who the mayor was at that time, but uh, uh, that was a citywide. Uh, that, that was actually called an ordinance rather than a law. That was a city oh, okay. ordinance. Yeah, that's crazy. I can't believe that they make them, you know, spayed and neutered puppies at eight weeks old. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah, and it's and but uh, all the veterinary medical universities all advised, and even in their testimony, and I was I was there in New York City when that, and I I testified at those hearings that they had, the public hearings, and uh, they here you have the top veterinary medical professionals, the top ones in the really in the world, saying this is a dangerous thing to do, but. The uh, New York City Council just does what's politically, uh, you know, what they think politically should be done. So getting back to the uh, Humane Society, um, what, in your opinion, would do you feel that needs to be fixed uh, with the Humane Society? I mean, I just happened to just realize that this was going on just by my niece telling me that, uh, a, one of the, the, the qualifications, I said, well, what was your qualifications when you went there? And I said, what did you have to tell them? And she said, well, I just had to give my name, my first name, my last name, and my address. And she goes, I didn't even give my real address. I go, what do you mean? She goes, well, I didn't want to tell them I really lived in an apartment. She goes, so I just gave my, my mom's address. I was like, oh. I go, now I know why they have all these animals in the shelters. <laughs> and I like laughed well, with her. The, unlike a kennel, professional kennel or a pet store, which has to comply with with many, many rules and regulations and inspections. And and uh, also if the dog or if the pet is sold and it's sick, that they have to pay all the veterinary bills up to the cost of the dog, including sales tax and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and even congenital defects months later they still have to pay for the humane societies are exempt the only regulation that they have is that they have to take if if known they have to take in the where the animal came from and where the animal went and the date so, that that occurred and so that, wait a that's, minute. If that's I adopt it a, a, a dog that winds up a month later has cancer and it's going to cost me $6,000. Are you telling me that I would be responsible for that? Well, if, if you, if let's say you're a family who didn't want to put the dog down and they just, and they couldn't afford the treatments and they just, right. they would just take it to the humane society and whether the humane society or rescue, they would tell them or not. They probably may not even tell them that this animal has a severe, you know, right. disease. Right. Or it needs a hip replacement or whatever, and mm-hmm. the uh, uh, 
they then then the next person coming in to adopt that dog um, or cat or whatever it might what pet it might be uh, mm-hmm. would then find out uh, you know when they take it to the vet for a physical or if they notice the symptoms take it to uh, an emergency room vet uh, to find out what's wrong then it would come up now the the other thing is when the humane society that I had that I ran <clears throat> we automatically kept all of the animals under quarantine for the first 10 days. And the reason we automatically did that is because many times, if especially if it's an adult dog, bites somebody, the first thing that the family that owns that dog wants to do is get rid of it in fear of a lawsuit. So they take it to the Humane Society. And of course, they'll even sign a a statement saying the dog has not shown aggression or bitten anybody. And they would sign that a statement with us saying it never bit anybody or never showed aggression. The reason we kept them was because normally within about 72 hours, the Chester County Health Department would be giving us a phone call because oh, a dog bite was reported to a child. You know, a child was bitten by a dog residing at this address. And right. then when the police show up, they tell them where the family tells them where they took the dog. And uh, then they tell us, you know, you got to quarantine that dog. So we would just automatically do that. Right. Now, you guys uh, quarantine, um, and I'm I'm pretty sure this is across the board in in most states. If a dog bites, it's 10 days quarantine. Am I correct? Yeah, it's 10 to 14 days because if the dog has rabies, it will then start to show signs of rabies. Otherwise, the only test that they can do on dogs is to uh, uh, to actually uh, they have yeah, to they have to cut its head the off brain. and send it to the state, yep, right? They have to decapitate yeah. the dog to test the brain tissue. Yeah, That's correct. That, that gave you a look, AJ. I just saw your look on your face. Yeah, <laughs> and you know why I know that? This is a true story. Uh, I, I, a family member got attacked, and. She was so upset she was going to put the dog down the next day. And they said, oh, no, you either chop the head off and send it to the state or you have to wait out that 10 day grace period. And that's what they did. They wanted because they're not going to who's going to cut a dog's head off. I mean, that's that's even worse, I think. And it is worse, you know, so um, so they wind up not doing that. But um, now the thing that that throws me off a little bit is that if the dog already has up to date on its rabies vaccine, why do they still have to wait that 10 days? Do you know that answer? Well, the, it, it's just the extra level of security. Um, you know, the but no shot is like, 100%. Let's just say, I never understood well, this part. If well, the, the reason it, is, not, yeah. the reason is because no vaccine gives 100% immunity, just like okay. with COVID, the same thing. You may have a 99%, but what happens if that dog is the one-tenth of 1% that did not develop titers, where the titers ran off early? Or what if the vaccine was uh, not stored in a proper way and it went bad? You know, it, was, it got too hot, and the vaccine went unknowingly bad, and they were still using it and inoculating animals with it, but it, it didn't do any good. So that's why that they, they put the it's better safe than sorry type of uh, ruling. I get it. But now if the dog winds up having rabies, 
that's just for what reason? So now we know that this person definitely has rabies or now we're going to just treat anyway for rabies. Well, if the, if you, the person does not, let's say a dog bites somebody and the dog does not have proof of a rabies shot, that individual who is bitten has to go through a series of very painful injections into their stomach. And uh, it's a very expensive, uh, you know, treatment and very painful. And so uh, by every county just automatically puts a person through that. And if it's, especially if it's a child, you know, this five-year-old child is a terrible thing to put them. Yeah. Through. They have to get a shot like every day, right. Or something like that. Well, there's, like 30 days? they now have it down to a series of, of uh, three different, uh, three different shots, but it's very painful. And uh, it's not an, it's not a good thing to go through. Yeah, that that is that is crazy. So now. So, OK, so that so the Humane Society. Oh, and you know what I noticed? So now we can't sell rabbits, obviously hamsters. I mean, we could I think Petco still does that or whatever, but we can't in New York State sell ha- rabbits and stuff. Now, I do see that the Humane Society does do adoptions on those and charges for it. So how can right. they, they charge? Well, the other those. thing here's here's what happens with with five hundred one c three humane societies. They say they're nonprofit. If you give them a donation and you're not getting anything from it, uh-huh. then it then that's it's not taxable. But if you're buying your food and supplies and and you're paying a minimum mandatory donation fee and all this, that's all taxable. And they're supposed to be charging sales tax. And in about 99 out of 100 cases, they're not. And they, if they're audited, the, the state normally comes into a business and says, listen, you didn't collect the tax. You owe the tax then. You still have to pay the tax. Um, so it's, uh, uh, but they should be collecting sales tax because they are a business. Ironically, they're multi-million dollar businesses. So I don't understand. How have they not gotten audited for this? It's only when when it's exposed that they say, oh, yep, you're right. And uh, uh, it's, you know, most of the IRS or, or state revenue audits are because of a complaint. And so if somebody puts in a complaint uh, about that they received, you know, the food or this and that and sales tax wasn't charged. And then next thing you know, the state's well, going he, in. Well, well, you know what? Now I'm thinking about it. Why would they complain that they didn't get charged for sales tax? So that's where that is, right? I mean, AJ, you're, you're smiling right now because, right. So that's how they're getting away with it because they, they probably say, well, nobody's going to complain that we're not charging them sales tax. That's right. right. But it's, uh, but by law, they're supposed to be charging it. If right, they're giving... Course. If they're giving product or they're giving services, then it's not an outright donation. If you're just writing them a check just to say, like you give to your church, you know, and tithing or something like that, here it is. You're not getting anything back. That's fine. That's that's a donation. But if you're if you're getting a car or you're getting this or you're getting that, you're it's taxable on the value of that, uh, whatever it is, that I mean, tangible they never, item. They never make sense. I mean, even, you know, them fighting the CDC cut, 
and you know they're they're fighting it or whatever uh the rescue people i mean they're always fighting against the craziest things i, I they they just never make sense to me yeah well you just have to follow the dollars it will start to make sense that way well right and that's why tonight honestly when i when my niece had called me and she told me what had happened with the kitten i i i, I had called you i mean cuz to me you're the man. You're 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 the uh, you're the dictionary. Uh, you know, anytime I ever have a question, um, you're the person. I you're my go-to person. So I I figured you'd have the answers for me, and then it really opened a can of worms because I couldn't believe um, what the humane society, but not just the humane society. I mean, a lot of these adoption centers, um, what they're doing, and I just can't believe that they're getting away with this for so many years and that their legislators are letting them get away with this. Yeah, so and tonight I'm, call, I'm calling you boys all out. I'm calling all the legislators out. I'm calling all the governors all out. I'm, I'm, I'm calling all you guys out and I'm trying to figure out why you guys have let this, this go through for so many years. You know, if it's really for the care of the animal, it should be across the board that the sanitary conditions and the, the air ventilation and the protocols and the, and the level of conditions in the facility, whether it's a kennel, a pet store, a humane society, or rescue, if the, the dog, if the animal's best interest is what you're really worried about, then the, it should be the same regulations across the board. You shouldn't exempt anybody from having giving proper care, proper nutrition, proper veterinary care, proper cleaning and housing uh, to the animals. That should be across the board, and it sh there should be nobody exempt from, from doing that. But what I don't understand is when I, when, I, when I asked my niece what paperwork did she get, I mean, Bobby, I give them at least, and I'm not even exaggerating, I mean, there's, there's 15 pieces of paper i mean they not only get the contract they get the deworming i mean they get uh registrations and every puppy is registered i mean if it's ica if it's aca if it's uh akc i mean whatever registrations it is they are registered you know one of my top ones is ica i love ica i mean they send you uh the microchip the whole thing i mean so what i'm trying to say is not only that then uh then you're getting the information uh statement you're getting how are uh, you uh licensing the dog um i mean there's so much paperwork she got nothing she got nothing with this kitten so i don't well, understand know how we get we give so much paperwork and they they don't get anything well when I took over the West Vincent Animal Control and Humane Society, they had 77 dogs in it. And after my first year, we had zero. And the second year, we had a 43-family waiting list. And the way we did it was every animal that came in got a full veterinary check, got all to date on all shots and wormings. We put full obedience training. We had trainers come in that they fully obedience trained the dogs. We did not charge a minimum mandatory donation fee. They just could pick up the dog. We, you know, do a background check on the family, make sure they could have it and all that. And they could, they didn't have to give a donation at all. It was not mandatory. <laughs> and they got the full first year of veterinary care free at 
wow. veterinary clinic who volunteered. And we just cleaned the whole whole humane society out because by giving the ob- obedience training, the problem dogs were no longer problem <laughs> dogs. Remember, a person is not going to turn over Rin Tin Tin, you know, fully obedience right. trained dog to humane right. society. So right. he- here the dogs are on and off leash trained and they're working great. And people would tell their friends and their relatives about it. And we just, it just cleaned in just a few months. We had no dogs and that's should be the purpose of any humane society or rescue is to get rid of all your dogs, to not have anything there. And what has happened is, what's happened is these humane societies, especially the County ones now have full-time employees there. So they need animals. So they import animals from other states or they're importing from outside of the country to say we continually are full. But if they would just if they would not be allowed to import pets from outside of their jurisdiction, then they would quickly clean up. They wouldn't have anybody there. And and the West Vincent Humane Society was was proof of that happening. And other humane societies that we put the same model into also had almost no animals in their humane society at all within just a year. Zero. That's that's amazing. But you know what? You're amazing. I mean, what you do is amazing. I mean, this well, is what we, you do. It's just I love animals and always have. And and uh, it's, you know, I, I'm i co-author of the book, There Are No Bad Dogs. And that's because there's bad dog owners, but there's not bad dogs. And the whole key is to teach the owner to be a good dog owner. And then they won't have any problems. So, Bobby, we have to wrap it up. But please tell us, what are you doing now? What are you doing now? Well, I'm president of the American Canine Association. And uh, we uh, we do a lot uh, throughout the nation and, and even through the Caribbean. And uh, we actually teach. Uh, we have uh, teams that teach different humane societies and rescue uh, volunteers how to obedience train the dogs in their facilities so that they can have the the same model that uh, I had when we had the uh, the uh, West Vincent Animal Control and Humane Society. How and, are you with uh, the French Bulldogs, Bobby? How, how do they treat you? Are they hard to train? No, it's the the thing is that the the Bulldogs are very easy to train, but they're very good at reading your body language. So if you don't believe that they're going to do it, then they there's no need for them to listen to you. And you, people give up too easily with the French Bulldogs because they're so cute. <laughs> and But they're very easy to train. And all, what happens is I have dozens and dozens of French Bulldogs that I've trained. And when I come in, they see me. They instantly are like Rin Tin Tin. And with the, with the owners are going, I can't believe he's behaving so good with you. But that's my minimum expectation. You know, I was I oversaw the all the search and rescue teams there, the dogs at Ground Zero for eight and a half weeks when that happened up there in New York City, and uh, uh, it's we had to people would be bringing in their dogs, but they you have to be able to have a real bond with your dog and have high expectations from your dog, and then they'll live up to it. If you have low expectations that they won't listen to you, then they won't. Yeah, because you know what? Sometimes those bulldogs can be a little stubborn. (laughs) (laughs) 
Max wants his bulldog. Yeah, he wants a bulldog so bad. He wants one so bad, Bobby. He 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 keeps on talking about the bulldog. Every sh- I think every show you have mentioned a bulldog. Max hey, has. I want the Frenchies. I want the Frenchies, man. He wants a Frenchie, a blue Frenchie, or like a blue Merle Frenchie. Yeah, blue Merle. I want one of those, with those, one of those Frenchies that get attention. Yeah, with a big blue eyes. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He yeah he wants like a, like the one on Google that doesn't exist. Okay, that's what he wants, Bobby. <laughs> Oh my God, okay. Bobby! Great we want to thank you. you so much for coming on the show because, uh, first of all, I know that you're like not here; you're away right now. And uh, just to spend a little time, and I, I always thank you for answering all my calls because I know I could be a little bit of a pain in the neck as I'm always driving over the throg's neck calling you, Bobby. I have another question for you. Um, yes. So I do appreciate you coming on my show and making me look really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a little, I'm a little concerned now at this point does she nag the heck out of you bobby is she a nagger a, a little bit <laughs> <laughs> no, well, but bobby is very smart, she's good at so getting her point across let me, put that smart. let me just say that oh yeah well, yeah we <laughs> talked about her little trip to pennsylvania uh early in the show so yeah she definitely got her point across on that yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right bobby thank you for coming okay. on the show i appreciate it Have thank you so much bobby bye-bye bye-bye all right <laughs> That was very informative. Thank you, Amory, for getting your guest on. That was uh, right. unscripted. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> Bobby, I need a Frenchie. I know I know you to plug on a Frenchie. I, need, I know you got them. <laughs> please have like a two-second cigarette because I see back smoking over there and I can't smoke my house. Okay. And that's not cool. That's like a fat person, okay, like watching somebody have like a, a devil cake or something. This is like Tito's. No, this is just water. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me have a two-second cigarette while you... All right, we're going to shut the show down today. Thank you for listening to I Can Relate to That podcast. AJ, Amory, and the Backs of Billion. Yes, sir. All right. Linktree.com forward slash AJ and Backs. Spelled A-J-A-N-D-B-A-X-X. Please like and subscribe. Share our show, friends and family. Definitely an informative. Actually, you know what? It's considered Amory's show today. You think so, Bax? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would, I would say that too. Yeah, she did all the talking. But you know what? I talked on my last episode, so you know what? Yeah, Amory's turn. <laughs> yeah, Amory's show. Absolutely. All right. Enjoy. Have a great one. Be safe, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. This is a production of the AJ Podcast Network.